for me, it's fine. All right. Um, yeah, if you didn't understand my accent, frown at me and I'll try and talk slower. Um, sometimes it can get thick if I get excited. So, My uh, beautiful wife over there, Nicole, and I think our two children are somewhere around there. It's just fun to have them here, and she helped me a lot today in getting stuff prepared so that what comes out of my mouth actually makes sense. So you guys need to thank her if you get anything out of this, <laughs> for sure, more so than you know. Well, as you've heard a little bit about our travels. So um, today we're going to talk about. It's really interesting when you're traveling around to different places because you get to meet different people from. How righteousness and holiness. A wide is variety of places. Stand and in the, the spectrum God of social experiences that people have had. How it's important people that you run into and meet. Um, at, when we were at Bryce Canyon. We, um, you know, so to do that, we're it, it's start. magnificent if you've never Let's been there. We've got the magnificent holy. creations. Go right. visit it. It's awesome. You can see so a whole bunch of other stuff there. Is defined um, but so people from all around the world are coming follows. to this thing. And so there's it's this it's French couple that to uh, we sacred, took a picture of them. To be pure, and, to be blameless. Um, consecrated, word of English, separated. Which is, okay, God-likeness. And so my wife, being um, from Canada, it is to be set apart for God. Some French, because nothing that French is polluted or unclean can be holy. And so purity is a big part. She spoke a little bit of her French, holy. Canadian French, to them, and they looked at her like she was from Mars. Holy, they're is like part of the nature of God. All right. Never mind. I want you to keep that in mind. Sayonara. There's another word I just quickly want to define. It is holiness. But you know, as as holiness we were in, is defined um, as Susanville. It is the and, process um, of a holy disposition and the quality of holiness in personal conduct. It is the principle that separates the believer from the from the rest of the world. I believe there's a slide up on this one. If you go for the next yes, there is. Look at that. God bless. I was talking with people who the quality of holiness and personal conduct. It is the principle that separates the believer from the rest of the world. Uh, Holiness consecrates us to God's service, both somewhere. in soul and in body. And, I was having these conversations and it is a moral dedication of an, and a life And it really quite to surprising to me. No, nobody ever so that said, very let me tell you where I'm at in my faith. Or let me, let me share what God's been doing holy. in my life. Another now, way of saying it in short is uh, I get it if you're uh, interacting with our continual endeavor uh, total strangers, living people you've never life. talked to before, people that you've not so really why you're introducing holy yourself and you get and to know. But so important for us. Every person that's there, I've, I've known at least for three years since Cody and, and Leela have moved there. And too. most of them, I knew I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. So if you follow in your own a, Bible, a, a it's going to be a little bit different. And it's not like they don't know what my occupation is. The reason is. being the Passion Translation. They know I'm a preacher. So talks a little bit more of the nothing. emotion behind what the writer is trying to do back in the day. Uh, so I, I, I just kind of didn't it for you, it goes as catch follows. it. But there was this one God claims the young lady his. during the celebration time while they were opening presents and doing all that stuff. Priscilla, I was just kind of standing in the back. To let you know, dry ground um, observing all this, and then Planting firm foundations this young lady, who then dares to climb up into up the presence and of the me, and we've known each other and for who a while. has the right to enter into and the holy place? And she started to talk to me dwells. about it. Will be those who are clean. The biggest struggles and issues and that she has pure. in her life, those to be heart, sorry, her whose husband's family, are true and who are sealed in the truth. It's not just the mom and dad. It's those who never deceive. Too. 
and whose words are sure. Those who live like this will receive the Lord's blessing. For an hour, talking back and, and the forth, righteousness and she given was by the sharing Savior stuff, God. and I was asking a they lot of questions to get an understanding of where God, she was coming from and how things were working and Jacob's all kinds of things. And so I kind of started to turn face. the table a little bit. And, and so I started to insert into our conversation deal biblical principles we about relationships. relationships. And we just read in she the didn't song, say it overtly. Holiness is a requirement. It was subtly to come close to a said, holy God. But it was this. Because his nature that sounds really great, but that's not holy. Work. And without holiness, there's no one and I was to come like, close to him. I was like, wow. And so I kept trying to bring her back to the Word of God because the Word of God bears into every aspect of our lives. It does, it plays in. There isn't a single thing that you're going to deal with that God doesn't have an answer for in His Word. And so I kept trying and trying and trying. It was like, nope, 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 not going to work. I believe that as we are So I finally ended up giving her probably the best advice I could give her. Desiring only A thousand miles of distance between you and your in-laws is going to make that relationship better. It's not going to make it great, that but it will make it advancement better. That Smith was and she's going like, about oh, when he, when maybe he I should that. do that. He's talking about advancing like, into wow. relationship You know, because God, as, as I think about it, as I just thought about that for a while and that conversation, about, and, and it resonated through my mind, how she was so, interacting, not interacting, you know, the, the, the disappointments. And this is a gal that goes God. to church, calls herself a Christian, and yet doesn't apply any part of God's word for to her life and her situation. It's like, we were created in you've heard me say it before, I, I think she's a Christian atheist. She believes in God, but, but in our act, lives her life as though he doesn't exist. So holiness is so important, which we just saw that it is. How uh, do we get it? That was on my we mind. We have to have holiness to approach a holy God in relationship. We're talking about holiness and righteousness, just in case how you didn't know. How do we know. get holiness? So here's where I want to take us to start this morning. It's from Psalm 25. Righteousness, it's a free gift from um, salvation. A large majority of the Psalms that were written were written by a guy by the name of King David. Again, it's by John G. Lake. Just in case you don't know who John G. Lake was, was a pastor and a king revivalist in the early 1900s. When they established he did a lot of their missionary work monarchies. in South Africa. And he was and a second king, but he was a king who absolutely with, uh, loved God with all of his heart. Where, uh, it's actually pretty awesome to uh, set up this house. He was an extraordinary human being who has his connection with God at a deeper level than any other human being, I think, with the word praying over them on this worship twenty four seven. And if you don't believe me, just all these people start reading the psalms. The doctor basically like, gave up for dead. Wow. There's nothing we can do for you. Man, all I mean, what's the most famous psalm of all? After the other, after the other, so much so that while the Lord Smith is my shepherd, Smith, that's David, who was a shepherd, saying, "The Lord is my shepherd." He has this heart connection with God in a way that I can only dream of having at some point in my life. I mean, I long to know God the way that David does. And so here in Psalm 25, here's what he says. Here's a guy that knows God, loves God, is entertaining every action of his life with God, and he says this. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God see, of my salvation. 
For I wait in all Genesis the day 1, long. Where God created Remember man. your mercy, O Lord, he has a little and your steadfast himself, love, says, for they have been himself, from says, of old. Remember man, not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. He didn't just want Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, He instructs he said, no, sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble the holy God His way. Holy All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faith to know me. for those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. You guys still doing wow. okay? Here's a guy. Here's a guy that is the most perceptive spiritual human being so we on the planet, and he's saying to God, "Teach me through salvation." I want to learn. I, I don't know enough. I need to know your ways in order to live my life the way that you want so me to. So teach me what it means. Teach me. I want to understand. I want to know. And this is a request. It's not coming just as words that he's putting down, spiritual words trying to impress somebody. This is the cry of his heart. David is not satisfied or content just to make this request sound really spiritual and good. He is into this thing with his life. He's he's not going to make a move until God answers his request. Look at verse 5. That's once again, that's pretty Lead wordy. me in your truth and teach and I can me. Also say for like you this. are the God of my salvation. Here it is. is for you, I wait all the day long. With God. The one on the screen is a little David's bit going like, that. God, but let me make it even I clearer. need to know what it means as an example. to understand you, to know what you want me to do, to live by so your word, to have it, have it take over money. my entire life so that I'm totally no dependent upon you and your word and that I don't make a move, I don't take a breath, no I don't live any moment of my day without you and I am going to wait right here so until you do something. Is unrighteous. My relationship That's a little bit different than us, isn't it? Jesus then comes, and he pays my debt, <laughs> all of it. He redeems me. We up. get up, and our feet are he already running when they hit the ground. The taking morning. a debt that I couldn't because pay. we've got agendas to keep, says, we've got things to do, we've got people to, to see, and places to go. And so, God, we don't have a lot of time here together. So it's you over. better get your stuff together, but he doesn't and you better give it there. to me. Maybe while I'm taking a shower. Maybe you could do it even while I'm eating breakfast, drinking my coffee, on my way to work, dropping the kids off, doing whatever. But listen, not a lot of time, so you you better get with it. I'm going to give you access to my account. That's kind of our attitude towards God. Because we don't take the time. We we just feel like we can't take the time. I mean, you know, I get it. We have responsibilities. It's going to be really hard to go like, yeah, hey, boss, yeah, I'm not going to come in until God answers me. I'm I'm just waiting on him. No, I don't know. Uh Don't bother coming in. Alright. We do have responsibilities. So you have God, who's very nature holy. He had a lot of responsibilities, didn't he? He was the king of a relationship. He was, have holiness, he was which is ruling holy. it's an entire nation trying to lead them to like understand the and know God. God. So we can have relationship. A holiness now, that, that we attain through salvation. 
I, I just think that there, we get so busy, so world up in all the activities of life that we don't know what it means to wait. Make it clear. I also want to just park a little bit in verse 9, and it says this. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Says it like this. Thank God for that. Just before it, it says that he instructs sinners in the way. Amen? Oh, that was weak. Come on, give me a witness on that. Amen? So you know when you say amen, you know what that means, right? It means I agree. So we agree with what what the psalmist said here. Is that we are all sinners and we want God to instruct us. The righteousness of God. Right? Through our union with So. We got the instruction, but he, then he says, he leads the humble in what is right, he teaches the humble his way. The reality of this is that only a humble Christ follower will pursue holiness. Desires me. Only a humble Christ follower will pursue holiness. The highway to holiness is through humility. You will not come and confess your sins if you are not humble. You will not admit that you need Jesus if you are not humble. You will not see the need to belong to the church or within a small group if you are not humble. Because what pride does is pride says, I can do it all on my own. Do you remember when you first said that? You're probably about two. I can do it, mommy. This is where it gets really fun. I could do it, Daddy. The life of Jesus. And we've been in that mode ever since. Jesus I can do it by myself. For us. I can do it by myself. I don't need your help. For us. What does it look and like we carry that attitude into our relationship with God. And we're so thankful that God has, through Jesus Christ, right saved us from our sins. Father, because our sins condemn Spirit. us to hell. And, and nobody wants to go to hell. And so we, we get right Having with God. But for the, the rest of our life, what we're saying to God is, I can do it myself. The rest of the world around you. I don't need you. It's not just a thing, I don't need oh, you to teach me anything. No, I know everything. God, but it goes beyond that. There isn't anything I don't know. You're there isn't anything I can't that. find out. Listen I'm telling you right Jesus now says that um, in, uh, Matthew, on, on Friday, uh, you know, Friday, it's the next slide. Um, our, our custodians, Let me get it here. are they called cleaning Matthew engineers? Matthew 5, verse 13. Like custodians, on, we're in we here, and... They were trying right, to, I'm reading to this run in the, New King James, so the if you follow your Bible, rook cleaner, you know, vacuum soap and all that. It says, you are the salt of the earth. Thanks, Brian. So, but if the salt and, and, loses I mean, its flavor, nothing's happening, how nothing's it happening, nothing's happening. So is it I'm then good like, for hey, nothing I've but seen to be thrown out and trampled under Young kids man. that are somewhere between you are 20 the light and of the 32. The city that is sitting on the hill I can't identify them as millennials. Nor do they identify as millennials, but that's the age but on the land Anyway, so I've seen them pull out their phone the and they YouTube something to, to figure out how something works. Let so I'm going your light like, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And it was useless. It did not help us out one little bit, so we packed the whole thing up and got it out of here. See, when you live a life, we can do it ourselves. We don't need God. And what that says is my pride. My pride is so big. My, I can do whatever I want. I can do it however I want. It's me, me, me. I, I, I. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And God's just going like, look, 
I want right. to help so we see here I am here to help you know, this is the greatest help. thing about God and our relationship with Jesus perfect is that Jesus is such a perfect gentleman he will never go into a place where he is never invited union with the Father dependent on the Holy Spirit he's not going to force his way into it he's not going to make you do something but he is certainly going to say, you're going to keep having this problem until you get okay, me involved you can, with what you're I'll doing. You you're going to continue to suffer. You're going to continue to strive. So you you're going to continue to struggle with this very issue because you is refuse to see me about it. You from the world, and it'll be you and me, and one day you'll die, and you'll go to heaven. And we'll Jesus kind of talked about that God a little never bit in his sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew 5. Here's what Jesus said. God blesses those who are humble, for we they will inherit the whole earth. To, as we spend time in His presence and relationship, we become the more humble. like Him. And as we become more like Him, Anybody want a blessing we're supposed from God? to have the relationship we have with yeah, Him affect yeah, we do. the whole world right, right. around us. I mean, we're asking God That's to bless us all the time. We're here. Remember back in, uh, <laughs> in Genesis when like, He made... All right. When he made man, Humble he says yourself. Genesis 1, oh, no, 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 no. That's not the blessing I want. I don't um, want the blessing said, of humility. He gave us a job to do. I want the blessing of... Be fruitful, multiply. Look at me. Subject to your... Make me great. Make me famous. Make me number one. First I make you for a relationship, <laughs> and then out of your relationship with me, then you have you're, to you're able to do your job. You want to be right? that's what served and learn how to be a servant. That's the model... See, that's, that's the economy of God. See, and then Jesus goes on right the on the heels of that. He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall unclean, see God. And it touched something that was Humility clean. Humility and holiness linked up right together, right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, on the blessings that he is giving to the Beatitudes, blessing, and he says, you want to be blessed, then learn to be humble. If you want to be blessed, be holy, pure in heart. And in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, he said this, strive for peace with everyone. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. There are some people who strive for conflict with everyone. You know those people, right? New Testament. With Jesus now, just it look is, around the room. They're probably that sitting all by themselves right now. It's unholy. The unholy thing becomes. Just kidding, Sean. All right? I'll say that again. When something that is unholy, I, I'm sorry, I had to something do that. that is holy, the all right, unholy they thing just, becomes. They look for clean. conflict. They're always. Right? They don't strive for peace, and so they Christians are not, are not supposed people. to be known they are not throughout the world for in harmony. These are the things the that I of do God. not. Do it says strive for peace, but then it goes on and strive and for holiness do without which no one will see God. You see, the way that you get to holiness is through humility. Glorifies the you will never be a holy person walking holiness with God if you do not live in, in humility, live the life of a humble servant of Christ. It's just not going to happen. Holiness is being pure in heart. And you cannot be pure in heart and not be holy. And you cannot be holy and not be pure in heart. They go together. Yes, God. That's not. That, we, that's what makes it. The world is the one that's on the. It's the, the bread on the sandwich. One, you know, right. boom, together. We, you know that verse. This is not. Dave, let's go back to what you know the Psalms because David also you know says verse this in Psalm twenty-four. That, um, he says, "When the enemy comes in like a flood, the hill of the Lord, who shall stand in His holy place?" That's how we were always taught. At least that's how I was taught. clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, nor and does not swear. Deceitful. Like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. David, 
was a man who was seeking God and understood what it took slight. to be in the presence of God. We have talked and talked and talked and prayed and brought it about. We, we give books out about the manifest presence of God showing up in this building every time God's people show up. And guess what? God's doing that every time we show up. He's answering that prayer. But the way that it happens is because we are starting to understand but, that we uh, come with clean hands and a pure heart. John 14. There's no deceit found in us whatsoever. Matter of fact, in James, James chapter 4, it says, But he, that's God, gives more verse grace. 12, Therefore, it says, 13. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I you know do, how he know? will do also. If you've and greater the works than God's these grace? he will do because I go to my Father. It's because this he's Jesus gracious talking to, to other people. And whatever you, you ask Paul in my this, name, you've that heard me I say this a hundred times. I'm going to say it. I'll probably say it until I die. I love what Paul says when he's son. talking about communion, but it's applicable to every again. aspect is, of our spiritual walk. Big. I pass on to you what I received from the Lord. And then he goes on to tell him what he received from Jesus. It's so the same thing is true when it comes to grace. You, you can only pass on grace if you've experienced and received the fullness of that God's the grace in your life. May be glorified in the if you are an ungracious God. person, you might want to do like a little so spiritual check and have a conversation with God and ask Him why you are so ungracious to other people. Holiness and humility go hand in hand. All Christ followers desire to be holy. Which can only be given through the, the grace of Jesus Christ in the Son. But there seems to be this thing when you look at people, as you look at people and you know people who are following Christ, you will find some people who seem to live in a deeper sense of holiness with God than other people. Maybe even yourself. You look at them and they you say, what what makes them to live a life of holiness like they do? And why am I not living that so life? Matthew talks about your you will good run into people who live a life of holiness that makes you wonder why you're That's not the living like they live. That Jesus talks about. And it's it's in John. That's a it's a struggle for us because our desire. John wrote about what Jesus did. He said, "I suppose that it's to walk in holiness, the in the but the reality is, is that we struggle to do it." That's the guy that tells you and it's probably because we've got a pride issue playing out in our life. That's what you're First Peter 1 Peter 1.14 do that is says this, the gift of righteousness As obedient children, do not conform to the passions to of life, your former ignorance so that we can have a but relationship with God. And as I behold holy, him, I'll reflect you him also and I'll be change holy the world in around all your conduct. See, it's not me since proclaiming, written, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and run it, and I try and do it. No, I get in the presence of God, and the presence of God transforms me to be more like Him. And then when I walk outside, He radiates out of me. Right at the very beginning, it says, just like Jesus did, then the world around me. Sometimes we know too much. You won't be able to help it. Sometimes we think we have it all together. They call Jesus the Anointed One. That we've got it all figured out, and that we're the one that people should come and talk to. After all, I'm probably the smartest guy in the room. So I want to give. I say that out loud. Didn't do it very long because people just start laughing myself, at you. But I didn't. But, uh, so we think it. So I'm not sure how long I've been going. How long have I right been going? Right here. We're not going to say it out loud, but we're going to think it. We're going to go like. 
keep going. I know some stuff. That's good. That means I can. And they should come see me because I can. They can just keep going. I can tell them some stuff that they don't know. But then we put on what we call false humility. Oh no, no. I don't really know that much, but you know what? Here, let me tell you what I do. I've got two hours. So it starts off with being like a child. The child comes with all kinds of questions. They come with open arms. They come with an understanding. They're saying, listen, I, why, why is this guy blue? This is not up there. Do you remember your kids asking it's you that? John maybe, 14. Maybe they haven't quite gotten there to with. Some of them have. You know, verse 15. Maybe says, you're an you adult me, and you're still asking that question. And I why will pray the Father find the science teacher and he will you. give you another helper that he may abide with so you So I want to give you forever. Some biblical reasons and the spirit why of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows and, him. And there's more than what I've got you know here. Him, I'm just going to give you with a little you, taste of it so that you. you're going to press harder into it yourself. So the first Jesus one comes is promise, that saying, you hey, need humility for repentance. If you hang out with me, remember I spoke earlier when I used that you money as, repent a, as an example without to humility. kind of explain righteousness and I say that God gives you access to his account. That's Look, what that is. His the truth account, is that we come to the cross of Christ. God says, hey, if you stay um, with me. Armand did an me, amazing job follow my commands, on helping us to understand Make sure the main thing stays the main thing, which is your relationship. It's not our righteousness. No, it's the righteousness of Christ the relationship that has been given to us. It's an exchange strong. program that happens at the me. foot of cross. I will send you another help. Of Christ. The exchange That's, is we exchange our sins for Christ's Righteousness. Work all these things through you. It, we, don't, we don't teach do anything. All, things about to, Christ. all we do another, is just make the exchange. Jesus we just pull it out and we hand. It's like taking you, a one dollar bill and you're standing in front of God and you hand him a one thousand dollar bill and God pulls we'll out a, a bag like, full of money and says, "Here you go." Like, God, I'll trade God, what do I do? And all of a sudden, you hear something that's one dollar bill that's too good to be you. You've been in a situation like that. It's like I need to make a choice. All of a sudden, this thing just drops into your mind and you're like, "That's actually pretty good." I didn't realize I'm that smart. Anybody ever right? experienced that before? Yeah, yeah that's the, the Holy Spirit. That happens. Right? We're not that Sin smart, but he is. <laughs> ex- he is that. that smart. Amazingly last week. Mm. And so, Thank but you, that exchange, it happens, and we're saved from our sin. We experience of forgiveness of sin, and we're given the power to overcome sin. However, sin is not radically eliminated out of our lives. It's still has its roots there. I want to make an invitation. First of all, and what happens is, even though we stand righteous before our Father, we turn around and we are acting like idiots to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And maybe people out in the community. We we are positionally righteous. Experientially, we still mess it up. And so what, what we need to do is we need to come to repentance. There's always going to be a need for repentance. You will nev- the only time that you will not need to repent is when you are dead and then you enter into the presence of God. No more repentance. And you can, you, you can go up to Jesus and you can say, thank you for the gift of repentance. It's a great gift. It's one that we need to use all the time. Uh, this slide's not up there. This verse uh, out of Psalm 36 but it says, there is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that, is, that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. In other words, the guy who is full of pride and won't repent is, is going like, I didn't do anything wrong. I, did, I didn't sin. I, I mean, 
They like to use the if, ands, and buts in their conversations with you. And this is the way it goes. Hey, if if I hurt you with what I said, then it's your problem because you wear your feelings on your sleeve. I'll keep going. I want to be honest with you. And it's like, now that's not right. So uh, you know they might they might make this half-hearted apology where they go, hey, I'm really sorry. Go into all the world, preach the gospel in every creature. He who believes. If you weren't such a jerk, I didn't wouldn't have had to say that. But he who does not believe will be. That's what. That's how they do it. That's how they maneuver around it. And the psalmist is saying, like, we try and hide this stuff without humility. Humility. We always flatter ourselves in our own eyes. Pride blinds our eyes to our own pride. It will by no means. If you're prideful, you don't know it because you're blind. You can see the pride in other people. So then, after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I don't want to be like that guy. And they went. The proud man. Is always the last to see his own pride. And when we humble ourselves, we'll be able to receive God's loving discipline and we will feel the guilt of our sin and then we will repent. How version of when you walk a life of holiness. A lot of us walk around through the righteousness which was a gift of Christ. Spend time in the presence. See, every second I spend in the presence, I become more like or the needlessly, one. Okay. Not more like the needlessly, right? we carry when Jesus guilt. Went on to the Mount of Transfiguration. We carry it with us all the time. Same with Moses. Why? Because they were so close because to God. We have not come to the place where we repent. Where we've come to the place where we say, "I have nature. sinned against God and against others." And in repentance, I am going to repent of this, and I am going to move into experiencing God's forgiveness. When you experience God's forgiveness, the guilt is removed, and you are no longer guilty, because the sin is gone. And the reason why you still feel the guilt of your sin is because God's going... Your pride is in the way and you're not going to repent of it and you're going to feel miserable until you ask for forgiveness. Until you repent. Give him your time. And I'm not telling you that because that's what the Bible says. I'm telling you that because I'm the guy that does that stuff. So that you can spend time in relationship. God calls me out on stuff and I'm going, oh, it's no big deal. And God's going like, are you kidding me? It's a huge deal. And I'm going, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And then I walk quickly. around for the next yeah. five or six days just absolutely miserable about it until I finally come back and go, okay, God, it's a big deal. And I repent. I confess to the person that I've sinned against. I repent. I make things right. And all, hallelujah, all of a sudden I'm free again. Dad, we just invite your presence. Without humility... We will never be holy because we will struggle to repent of our sins. Number two, you need humility to pray. Prayer is a crucial means to receiving the power to live a holy life. And if you don't abide in Christ through active prayer, we will never have the strength to live that holy life. Pride not only keeps us from repentance, it drastically hinders our prayer life. Permeate to the world around us that we would start... You know, there, there's a number of things that really hinder us from our prayer life. Has need, Lord, that we would be and able to come to you. it's not conditional. I'm, I, I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it as well. Prayer is not conditional. Now, you're going to read verses that say, ask whatever you will in Jesus' name and you will receive it. 
That's true, but you forgot the part before that that talks about the condition to asking. Um, if this makes sense to anybody, raise your hand if it doesn't, doesn't matter, but you, is this anybody that, I don't know if it's an operation you had or what, but it's something with your hips, right above your tailbone, it's constant, I don't know if it's an old injury or if it's a new thing, but is there anybody that makes sense to you, there's something wrong with your hips up here? Make sense to you? We get an elder over there and pray. I was just God's been talking me the whole time about. Actually, when I was preparing my sermon, God said something. There's this somebody with hips, and uh, He doesn't say it to call attention to you. He says it because He wants to heal it. He's good. It's what He wants to do. So, mm, thank you, Dad. Now if we can get someone to jump up. Maybe pray with her right now. But thank you, Jesus. want to respond to any of those invitations that I said earlier, you're more than welcome to start coming forward. I'm going to, I might keep saying stuff until Pastor John shuts me down. <laughs>